Coming up in this episode of the KickCast, we talk about why the world is so obsessed with potato salad, t-shirts that change with cold water, and we have lamps that use lasers. You heard that right. Lasers. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KickCast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the KickCast, the podcast where we go out, find crowdfunding projects for you, and let you know if you need to backtrack or sack them. I am KT Data. Fresh off Nerdtacular, and joining me is a man who has a deep, dark past and is also an awesome guy at the same time. The one <laughs> the and only time. Drew Tyler. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm very good. Apparently, my deep, dark past is still a part of me. Uh, well, I, I, I heard a little bit of the uh, intrigue on the last little bit cast where they wanted to know the origin of Night 20. Let's not even start with that because I can't go there. I don't. I can't talk about the origin of Night Twenty, yeah. but I am excited to do Episode Forty Five. Yeah. So let's move forward. Yeah. And I, I like how you hide that, but for some reason, I feel like I've heard the story of it before. I just you, can't remember it. That's you why you may have. You may have. <laughs> it's not that exciting. It's kind of fun to make it exciting. But yep. All right. So Drew, first of all, it is Episode Forty Five. Winston yeah. has reminded us that we're we're almost at two years. Holy cow. So, um, before we actually jump into our projects today, I decide we have to do our awesome news section, Drew. We have that's a lot of, lot of not, well, not a lot of news, but there's still some stuff to talk about. Well, it's, it's, a, it's been a slow two weeks because of the 4th of July holiday in the States for all, for all those. So, um, but one thing that has kind of blown up over the weekend is potato salad. You heard it right. Potato salad. Of all the asinine things. Um, yeah, so, uh, of course, we had to bring it up because it's a big news item. It's not one of our projects that we were actually featuring. But um, this guy named Zach Danger Brown. Decided, Which I'm not even sure that's his real middle name. Yeah. I'm just going to put um, that up there. Yeah. Um, he decided to put up a crowd uh, Kickstarter project to get enough funds to make potatoes, uh, potato salad. Potato salad. Um, it was 10 bucks. Uh, it funded and then it went viral at the same time. I mean, right now he's actually at fifty six thousand seven hundred twenty nine dollars to make potato salad. Yes, yes, and he's not sending this potato salad out. He's um, all he's doing is you know making potato salad and having a pizza party. Um, it's kind of crazy about this, and the internet has kind of been raging about it on there. Um, to me, I don't really see that big of a problem i know a lot of people are like well there, there's going to be tons of copycats there are already tons of copycats out there but remember the last joke project we had it was the De- death star and the x-wing right right well, that's um, a, that was a joke one yeah. you know we, we, we saw those and those died out very very quick out there. is this my question is do you think that this particular project has something to do with the the looseness that they added in the last week or two or so well yes it's probably been more than two weeks where they just said okay we're not vetting as many anymore. You're welcome to come to us if you want help, and but you can launch right away. Is that part of this? Well, no. He's following the rules. He's making a product, a physical product at the end. It's but don't not you think violating that, any of the that's, rules. That's true. That's true. I just wonder if there's like, because because there's now an option to launch right away, that there was, nobody could like look at this and say, that's a ridiculous project. We'll find some grounds that you can't do it. I don't know. I just feel like that, that kind of opened it up for this. But... Uh, it's 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 insane. Well, I'm I'm a little suspicious about it. Right. Um, 
because one of the things about crowdfunding projects is getting the exposure and notice from people. And if you look at it, I, I, I've never seen Zach Danger Brown before. I've Googled for him and nothing really comes up. Hmm. Um, but he had to have some kind of larger fan base or a large group of friends that kind of made this popular. I mean, because there are tons of projects on Kickstarter, which are great ideas, some even more ridiculous than this, that get no traction whatsoever. Right. So right. There, there's some missing piece about this that it just doesn't add up in my mind. That's true. In fact, speaking speaking of ridiculous things that don't get any traction, this one caught my eye, and I nearly backed it for fun. But there's a guy that wants you to join him in his time machine. And so he made a whole project it's only got 13 days left on it, but has zero backers. It's raised zero pounds of its 99-pound goal. Um, he leads off by saying, I'm going to sew Van Gogh's ear back on after he passes out from blood loss. Just tell him I respect him. Join me? Like, that's his lead. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's nutty. There are, there's got to be a ton of these types of things out there. Why potato salad? Why did it go where it went? Yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like there's something behind the scenes that we don't know quite yet about I've, i got it this is a chapter in our forthcoming ebook this is a chapter of deconstructing potato salad yeah it's true um and like i said he's not breaking the rules no, no. i mean the 50 level you get a cookbook you get a potato salad cookbook out of that that even at, even at the three dollar level he has received a bite of the potato salad so somehow there he's he's sharing this potato salad some way otherwise you're just choosing ingredients or hanging in the kitchen so i think he Takes a bite of the potato salad, says your name, or something oh. like that. Maybe I don't, Rece- I don't I don't receive a bite of potato salad. Sounds like you get you receive it. You get a <laughs> bite of potato salad. <laughs> yeah, there's 759 people. That is one massive, huge ass potato salad. Yeah, he's planning on making sixty dollars <gasps> worth of potato salad. Now he's got to make more. Um, yeah, like see, right there, Winston. This could be just a giant Jimmy Kimmel hoax that comes out after. Oh. I just. I just you know, I feel it. The, something about it just does not seem right to me. Ah. See, on there. Um, but I'm I, I'm with you. This is very possible. Yeah. This is Kimmel esque. Yeah, reeks, it reeks of of twerking on the door and catching on fire. Yeah. But part of it is like there are things that he did right about this project. There are mm-hmm. things he did wrong about this project. I mean, no video. Seriously, no video. Right. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and some of the other wrong things, and because at Nerdtacular, they had a whole panel on crowdfunding too. One of the things that I've noticed is he's not making any money off of this. Um, if you look at his t shirt level, it's at um, thirty five dollars. It takes about twenty dollars to make a shirt, and then he's got to ship it out. So he's making like five bucks off this at most. On there, if you think about okay, it. Okay, okay, sure, yes, but those those T-shirts at that T-shirt level and the hat level or whatever it is. I can't. I don't think you can say he's not making any money because I think that in somewhere in that fifty six thousand dollars, I could I could redo an entire wing of my house for fifty six grand. Right? He he's making potato salad for four thousand people. Whoever you know is that. He may. Uh, there's something going on here. Yeah, because like I said, one one thing that I talked to and like these people at Nertagler, they've had successful crowdfunding projects. I mean, we're talking about Brian Brushwood, Veronica Belmont, um, Andrew Allen. All of these people have ha- had multiple crowdfunding projects on multiple platforms. I mean, Brian Brushwood, he makes two thousand dollars per episode of Night Attack. On there, um, they know what they're doing, and yes. um, even Dave 
from Frog Pants. I know he, he doesn't like to be on camera, but he's like, if you make a t-shirt level, make sure it's at least 60 bucks or you're not going to make any of your money back because you got to calculate the time to print the shirt, the time you're taking to mail it out. And, you know, I see, okay, in, I see end, where you're at. In, in the end, you don't make anything for the actual project. You're just trying to fulfill a reward at that moment. Okay. I see where you're at with that. Yes. Yes. So like, yeah. Um, and I, I know other people are like, well, now, you know, why are, why is everybody donating so much money to potato salad when they could be donating to other projects? Alone? And to me, it's like, Hey, it's their money. They can, they can <laughs> pledge it to whatever they There's want. There's a bandwagon and they're getting on it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like I said, people are like worried about the copycats. I've seen the copycats. Guess what? Most of them have made zero dollars. Right, because right. if you're not the first, you're out wow. of there. So um, that's that's. I don't think this is going to be bad. Um, within a month, we won't see any more copycats or anything because people are going to realize that crowdfunding is a full time job and a half. Right, right. You've got to have a dedicated person at least that's ready to drive it and hold on to it, take it all the way to the end. So that wow. is potato salad, and I'm a little hungry now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, and that's I'm, we did we talked about that one for a while, but that was our single single news item. Yes. Salad. All right, now let's get to the good stuff. Yeah, let, let's go into our first project. So, Drew, you have kids. I do. Um, do your, do your kids still use nightlights? They do. They do absolutely. Yes. Okay. So one of the problems of nightlights is, you know, it only lights up a tiny corner of the room, right? And doesn't really work that well unless you have it in a good hallway or something, right? Right. Correct. So our first project of the night takes the nightlight to the next level. Instead of using an incandescent lamp or a fluorescent lamp on there, it uses... Uh, listen lasers? Lasers. <laughs> lasers. Lasers. I thought you were going to say lasers. Oh. Um, ah. And and so what, what's called the, the LDG lamp, and what it does is it, is L, it uses um, the stuff called... LDG stands for laser diffusion grading. So for those of you at home who don't speak science, what it essentially it is is it takes a beam of laser and then you put a material with sl- slits on it. And what happens is it breaks the laser light into multiple directions and it can go anywhere. And you can control it since this is a laser. Um, right, right, very controllable. And once it splits off, it goes into these areas and it will give a glow off on that area. So as long as a laser beam can reach it, it will light up that area. Um and it's it, and the way it works is you can't really see where the source is. You just see these dots on the wall, and they actually call that uh, um, destination lighting. So it's kind of almost glowing off the wall. Uh, oh, so it, the glow happens where it lands, as yeah. opposed to where it, it emanates. Yeah, because um, you know traditional lamps, the closer you get to the lamp, the brighter it gets mm-hmm. on there. Um, this is kind of opposite on their end. Um, so what what's cool about it is they actually have this part on their Indiegogo page, if you scroll to it, you see that, so you can see the kind of dots of the laser on the wall. Right, right. It's and almost like a, a grid or like, you know, like snipers are going to shoot you with blue lights. Yeah, um, but you can see this tent one right here. Um, and in that tent, there's actually a little kid holding up the lamp, but you can't see the little kid because the lasers are obscuring the shadows. Ah. Ah. So, so that that's kind of an interesting thing that you can do on there. Um, and it uses one watt of energy. One watt. <laughs> and so a lot of people are like, what? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, one watt of energy. So for, a la- if, for a freaking laser beam? Yeah, barely uses any energy on there. Um, the lamp, it come, you can plug it into the wall, or it runs on uh, two or four AAA batteries. I don't understand oh. the two or four thing. Um, but they say you can get about 10 hours of uh, 
of operation from a fresh set of batteries on there. Hmm. So, um, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I love this idea. And the nice thing is since they are using lasers, things like smoke and th- um, that will not obscure the light. We, if you look right, at the page, it's pinpointed, yeah. yeah, so it can cut right through. Because, I mean, you've been into like laser tag places. Lasers just uh-huh. shoot through the smoke. It actually makes it even easier to see the beams. Right, right. Um, and so, like, I, I love this idea. They're, they're trying to actually take the technology to the next level. On there. I mean, what, what, what do you kind of think about this, Drew? I, I'm, I'm still a little kind of baffled. I, I love the idea, and I think it's kind of cool. At first, I was like, okay, the only thing I know about lasers is you're not supposed to look at them in your eyeballs because they'll burn your retinas. So I'm thinking, if we're splitting this laser into a million pieces, how am I going to keep it from, like, you know, getting a, getting a beam in the eye? But I don't know. They seem to have a pretty good like <laughs> grasp on how to make this thing work. So I'm I'm interested. I'm very interested. Yeah, I, I actually like this idea. The only thing I don't like is that they're using a blue laser, so it only works really well as a nightlight instead of kind of full spectrum. But I get why they can't do that. Lasers only emit one wavelength, so you're only going to get one color. So you right. would have to have multiple lasers shooting out in the same direction to get right. white light. That's science. <laughs> it's, yep, yep, and your one watt would go to many, many watts. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that I kind of have a downside to it. Um, for you, Drew, is this a backtracker sack? Definitely a track for me. They've got a long ways to go to their goal. Um, it's fixed funding and 28 days left. They've got a long ways to go. If if they can get the traction in um, in the press, you know, with some of the some, a louder voice, uh, they, they have a chance, so I'm a track for this one. Yeah, and it looks like they did a Kickstarter project previously, and that went 200% over their goal, and uh, that's half a million dollars. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so that's why I was a little confused about this. So this one's another track for me, because I'm not sure why they're coming back for this. I think they're trying to iterate onto a new version of it, and they need some yeah. help to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not quite sure on that. But it does look cool, and it's a track for me, just because... This solves the nightlight problem even better. And lasers. lasers. And lasers. Bam. This is really just strange. Yeah, they've already had a Kickstarter and they're just going again on Indiegogo. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then our our actually last last uh, thing. Of yeah, we're night. only doing yeah, two projects only, today. We're only doing two projects. Our last one is the Splattertech shirt. So tell everybody a little bit about what the Splattertech shirt is, Drew. So I I happened upon Splattertech as I was browsing through uh, Kickstarters and Indiegogos today, crowdfunded stuffs, and the reason why I liked it was because it had a very nostalgic feel for this for this old man. Splattertech shirt is uh, by by a group um, called Prismatic. They're out of Springville, Utah, so they're local local guys to us. But what caught my eye was the really cool use of gifts in here. But it is a shirt that is affected by cold water or air. Which is, which is to me, the nostalgia comes from those hypercolor shirts. When I was in middle school, if you had a hypercolor shirt and you held your hand on a part of your body, the heat changed the shirt cut color subtly. It was, it was relatively subtle. So when I watched the, the gifts, and as you can see some of those pictures there, this is some pretty bright and impressive like color coming across on these white shirts turning crazy blue or pink shirts turning crazy purple. So uh, great video, great great story behind it. To me it just sounds like a lot of fun to be having with with kids. Throw the kids, you know, throw the shirts on the kids and send them to the water park or send them outside to play in the sprinklers. Just let them have fun squirt guns. 
Um, there's there's a lot of fun, I think, that comes with this one, and I, I felt like doing something fun today. So uh, what are the questions you have about the splatter tech? Um, it's wet or dry, as long as it's cold, it's colored, and it's vibrant. So when, so when, when it kind of warms up, it changes back to the original yeah. color? Yep. So as soon as it warms back up, it'll go back to whatever the original cotton was or whatever it is. That is that that's actually pretty cool. I'm I'm kind of curious on is this gonna like bleed into anything else when you wash it? Well, and that's and that's the thing that they mentioned early on in their story. They basically said we we remember this and and how it happened for you know how the kids right uh, back in the day we had this and you only could get a couple of washes if you washed your hypercolor shirt more than like five or six times it was done like it it would no longer be able to do that. For some reason, uh, repeatable thousands of times in the shirt and the bandanas, if you take care of it, wash it properly, it'll last for dozens of washes. So they did mention that, that it basically it will go, it will go longer and last longer than the ones previously. So they've, they've got better, better fabric, better dyes, something special, <laughs> which makes sense for a crowdfunded project to be like, we've got this cool idea, we want you to have it. So yeah. this is uh, – you. A lot of the backer levels, I love that they broke it down and said, well, what, you know, what people are loving is going to be the color change, so let's give them some choices. So they have a, a backer level where you can just get a bandana for 12 bucks. You get a bandana, I believe it's 12 and you, know, you choose your color, and you've got this, you know, something to play with. Or you can get a full T-shirt at the $24 level. So um, anyway, this is, this is a back for me. I love it. I think it's a fantastic idea, and I, I love that it's vibrant. It's always been so subtle and kind of like a... I think I see it changing, but these guys, these guys have got it like crazy, like black and white. Yeah, is, is it bad that I don't remember these t-shirts at all? Did I just I did I just go to a lame school where none of the kids had it? Either that, or you, yeah, or you were just way too way too young. I've got to be like five years on you, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, so that would have put you. It's more like I have five years on you, Drew. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah. So when I when I saw them, you probably would have been like fourth, third, or fourth grade. So yeah, like yeah, no, these look pretty cool. Um. And I love Utah projects, and they're not, you know, these are fairly decently priced, and I might even think they're underpriced. So yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think on their, this, one. the, this one's a back for me. I mean, this is cool. I mean, I wonder if you could like put a stencil on your shirt and then just like wet it, and you could get a, like a, yep your name on it, you could say Drew on it. Oh <laughs> yeah, like for when it does get cold, yeah. it actually like yes, I bet you could. Hidden messages but, on your shirt. <laughs> I love that they have. Um, they have packages too, like a capture the flag pack where you can play two on two and they give you all you know enough oh, bandanas and shirts to play games. Is, yeah. Oh, that that is such a great idea. Well, like water fight games, so it's like paintball except with water yep. and cheaper. Yeah. And cheaper, exactly. You you run around with squirt guns and you know if you got hit or not. Yeah, I love it. You can't be like, Oh, I didn't get hit. I'm like, dude, there's a giant splotch on your shirt right now. Yep. So these guys only have about less less than two weeks left to go. Um, they're funded. They're, they're already funded, so it's yeah. it's a go. Uh, this is this is a back for me. I'm going to throw down for for sh- probably a, at least a bandana, if not a shirt, because I just I love the vibrancy and I think it's way cool. Oh man, yeah, that is great. All right, all right, Drew. So, like we mentioned earlier, we only have two projects because we have a special surprise for you guys. Um, if you guys have not noticed yet, I went to Nerdtacular over the weekend because Nerdtacular is one of the greatest times you could ever and have. Surprisingly, you were very un like off the grid for like three days. It's partially because I didn't have Wi-Fi or. LTE and partially because I was hanging with a hotel we full of nerds that nerd. were playing video. You know, we were playing board games most of the time or in panels. That's great. That's like, I'm jealous. I wish I could have been there. I was I in was... the meat space with nerds. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> they were all out of their houses and doing things together. 
Yeah. Um, but we have a surprise because there are a lot of crowdfunding creators who actually go to Nerdtacular. Last year, we had Andrew Allen as a special on our show. Um, and this 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 year, I managed to uh, get a chat with uh, Tim West of Fantasy Coin HQ. Um, and he actually has had three crowdfunding projects. And I actually have one of them here. Like, this is one of them was this plush toy. Oh, wow. On there. Um, but you. he is, he makes amazingly good coins and stuff. So what we did was I sat down with him and just had a little discussion about his coin, uh, about, you know, his crowdfunding experience and stuff. So shall we just jump in and roll the tape? Let's, let's roll tape. All right, here we go. Hey guys, this is KT Data. We are coming to you special from Nerdtacular 2014 at Snowbird, Utah. And I am here with Tim West of Fi- Fantasy Coin LLC. And Tim has done a couple of crowdfunding projects right there. So can- tell everybody at home a little bit about your history. Well, I started off with a few small Kickstarters, uh, making some plushies for the Frog Pants community. And they seem to uh, do pretty well. Uh, so I took my knowledge and just transferred over to the next uh, project and just kept on rolling with that until I was finally ready with my coin designs that I've been working on for the past three years. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, and like I, I, I actually wanted to ask you about this. Like, Did you think it helped by doing those kind of smaller plushy projects to kind of learn a little bit more about the in and outs of Kickstarter before you kind of launched your really big one? Yes, I, definitely. Um, and even more on the fulfillment side, because I did the fulfillment myself. And it was um, rough at first. <laughs> um, I, I were t- I'm talking handwriting, labels, um, hours spent at the uh, postal service, <laughs> um, just filling boxes. So definitely some lessons learned there. Yeah. So what kind of drew you to start crowdfunding projects in the first place? Um, I didn't have the money to do it myself. Otherwise, uh, I would have. But um, I heard Scott mention on, in, on the episode of The Instance that he would like somebody to make some Henry plushies. So I'm like, well, okay, nobody's doing it for a few years, so mm-hmm. I figured I might as well try it. So I tried it out, did some, a lot of research, and uh, came up with a few samples and got his approval and went forward with that on the Kickstarter. Yeah, and like, I, I thought it was awesome because like, how do you even like, start getting into contact with people overseas to help mass produce things or I don't even know the first place you go from there yes uh, neither did I uh, until I just jumped in and is either sink or swim pretty much uh, I just I remember googling uh, manufacturers overseas manufacturers or local manufacturers or something uh, someplace where I can buy or get in contact with them and I eventually ran into uh, Alibaba or uh, globalsourcing.com uh, Alibaba seems to be the larger one mm-hmm. but they, you can just contact them, and if they don't get back to you, just move on to the next one. There are hundreds of manufacturers. Um, if you need a product that they make or can make, and they have a low enough minimum order quantity, uh, then you can make your idea. Yeah, how many kind of vendors did you kind of shop around for until you found one that was seemed to be right for you? As For the plushies? Yeah, for the plushies. Okay, um, probably about four, I think. Uh, some were... Way expensive. I think they kind of knew that I was new at this, um, so they jacked the price up. Um, and then the others seemed to be uh, cheap but lower quality, so I kind of took the middle ground where it was nice quality and affordable price. Okay. Yeah. And so, okay, now, now let's kind of go into your like big coin one on there. Um, how long did it take you to kind of from plan all of this before you even launched? I started that process about 
2010. I remember sitting, I just started going back to college. I used my Montgomery GI Bill. I, I had to use those good benefits. Um, and I, my first class was a Business 100 class. And I was looking at this really thin book and I remember thinking, wow, anybody, anybody can do it. Anybody can start a business. Really, you really can start a business. Um, you don't, it's not complicated. It's not as, um, it's not as complex as you might think it is or what you've been led to believe, kind of. Mm -hmm. So over the next three years, I just started doing one coin set uh, and pr improving the product, um, trying new materials. And then I said, okay, well, now this is possible. Let's do some more coin sets. And then over the next <laughs> few years, um, you, you know, I just did all the uh, different designs that I have now. Uh, and I remember seeing more and more coin Kickstarters come and go mm -hmm. on the Kickstarter. And I remember just having to say like, okay, just wait, not ready yet. But, and then when, but when I do go, it'll be great. Yeah, and like when you launched it, you, how, how much did you go over your goal? Like, I think you did really well on yours. Mm, yeah, I, I can't remember how much percentage I went over, but I had a minimum. Uh, the goal was 40000 and that's kind of uh, still not the lowest price possible, but it was just enough just to make it and not have any extra inventory. But then my real minimum um, that I would have been able to get the best price was 60000 and that would have got me the best product and the best shipping and, you know, the best efficiency. And I remember going over, I was about 124 and a half. Mm -hmm. But then uh, through backer kit, uh, so pre-orders, um, I generated another 37,000. So yeah. So do you kind of recommend that? Because I've started to see that trend a little bit more about on these projects that are almost ready to kind of push to production, where after they finish the crowdfunding project, they they kind of set out pre-orders. Is that something you kind of recommend, or where'd you I, come come up with that idea right there? I remember hearing backer kit from your podcast and I said okay let me check that out and um, I it, it looked good to me uh, so I figured there's some traffic on Backerkit I can get some pre-orders and it's a nice place for my backers to uh, order more because they're saying oh I messed up I didn't I didn't pledge enough anymore mm -hmm. so I I put it on there and I said hey y'all go register for this or here's the link and you can order as, as much or as little as you like and it turned out pretty well so next to thirty five, next to thirty seven thousand. Mm -hmm. So if you could go back and kind of like change something, what would you change anything about your project? I, yes, I would have changed some of the wording around and some of the pledge levels, uh, some of the on the page itself. Um, there was, there's not many people who will nitpick, but uh, there's there was some grammar errors that they were confused on. Do I get this or this or both? Mm -hmm. So. That was that was my fault, um, and then also if you before you say something, make sure you mean it because <laughs> they will hold you to it. Yeah. Uh, so, but I'm, so that I made sure, even if I messed up, I said something, I will stick to it. You know, man of my word. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so if I said I'll give some stuff for free, I'm gonna give them stuff for free. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like good business practice in general, right. and because a lot of times you see these guys, people who start their projects have no business background at all and when they get stuck into this like uh what do i do yeah. on here um so what are what are things that you actually you know some tips or tricks that you've learned along the way from doing all these three projects that you know you want to share to other people i would say if your project is big enough um you should probably outsource fulfillment 
uh, two professionals. It seems like a theme uh, this weekend, <laughs> talking to people. Yeah, uh, if, especially if you have thousands of backers, um, you really need to outsource that if you're the only person, or even if you have a team of like five people, it's still too big of a job for five people. Uh, now, if you have a smaller project where you only have a few hundred people, uh, you can do fulfillment yourself, but I would recommend getting a stamps.com account and a scale and a printer because it will save you so much time and you don't have to you know, uh, write out the labels yourself. Uh, you just print them out, stick it on a box, and it's fast. And also, I would say that communication is probably the biggest thing that some of my backers said they miss on all the other projects they backed because they can ask a question and it'll be a week or two before they get an answer. Mm -hmm. And this is during the project and uh, I was made sure to live inside the comment section and have my email open a different tab and I have my page on a different tab and every time I was home, I was on there. If I was watching Hulu, I had it in the background and as soon as uh, I had an email or a message or some people actually called me, I have to oh, sure really? make sure they yes. Because <laughs> I had my, uh, my, my personal cell phone is on my website, so I had a few people call me, and so I picked up and answered them. Um, they called a few times, but that's fine. I'll always answer the questions, and they were really appreciative of that uh, and answered a lot of questions. And it actually evolved my project to better suit the backer because first I had just the coin sets of 30, and there were mixed sets, mm -hmm. and they said, oh, we want 30 of just a single type. And I said, okay, now you have it. And now they say, oh, I want uh, 10 packs. So I'm like, okay, now you have it. And they said, hey, what about stretch goals? Now that you know, you're yeah. up there. So I had thought ahead about stretch goals. So I said, okay, you're gonna have free stuff. And then if we get this time, you can have more free stuff. And they really like that, free stuff. is always popular, um, especially if it's built into the profit margin of the uh, of the product. Mm -hmm. so. Was that a kind of good way to keep the momentum going? Because I always ask people, once you reach your goal, how do you kind of keep that momentum going to help get even more people to keep contributing? Because I've seen some projects almost like stall right when they've hit their goal and right. not go any farther. Yeah, I would say that for me, it was the, ad the addition of the free stuff and the addition of a new item, the, uh, the bars. Um, and it was kind of a new a prototype item. I wasn't quite done with it yet, mm -hmm. but I was done enough to where I can offer it. And that, they just went crazy for it. Um, they really liked it, and they want me to come back with another Kickstarter <laughs> for the for more bars for the other sets that oh, I have. That's awesome. So I had to come back. And that, I think, was the thing that really propelled me uh, forward. Um, that And they shared the project with everybody. Um, they, uh, they put up a, a badge on their... Um, mm -hmm on the profile. And I think that them sharing it and me adding more free stuff and new people coming in and seeing it uh, really helped me out. Oh, that's great. Um, so if people kind of want to go check out, you know, your coins and everything that you're, you're selling, where should they go? Uh, they can go to fantasycoinhq.com and it's a 3D card store. And right now I only have the fire set, but in September I will have the rest on there as well. Yeah. And you guys could definitely go check these out because i love your coins they are I, I can tell you put your heart and soul into them and you, you know your stuff about them because there are like details that i would have never thought about that i, I saw you list saying, like how the how to keep the coins from rubbing rubbing off and everything and i was like whoa this is this is intense and 
Like, I, I haven't seen anybody else really kind of go to that level of making coins. So make sure you guys go check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> right. And the thing about that is when I started, I didn't know anything about coins. Uh, so really, you don't, you know, it's not like you have to, this is not your um, thing that you do. This is not something you create automatically. You can just say, hey, I want to make this. Let me learn about it and let me improve on a product. Um, so remember, I did, I did sell the single set for three years beforehand, and uh, at the beginning, they were not that great. I mean, they were made of iron, they were shiny, they rubbed off, um, there was a lot of flaws, so I improved the process. Uh, people still liked them in, in first, but uh, I think having that time, especially during shipping, because coins are heavy, they could burst through the uh, package, um, so I was able to find out a better way to package them, and so when I launched Kickstarter, some of the problems that other coin kickstarters had would not be my problems yeah that's great all right tim thanks for taking some time to talk to us and like great lot wealth of information and i I love it and that you're willing to share to people because still a growing community out there and people are always looking out for it sure thanks for having me all right thanks man all right wow big thanks to tim of fantasy coin um hq make sure you guys go check him out I, i kid you not he makes some of the most amazing coins. I mean, I have a set from him that he made specifically for Nurtacular, and it is nice, wicked cool. Nice. On there, um, I mean, that's that's great information right there. Um, he look, am I back? Yep. Yeah, he. Look, I mean, just so much information. Just to, to hear that from somebody that's been through it and done it multiple times. That's that's a that's some good nuggets and nice hat. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Um, but unfortunately, this is the end of this episode of the KitCast. It's sad, isn't it, Drew? It is. What are you um, going to do? We'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any projects you want us to cover, please let us know. You can send us an email at kitcast at ktdata.net. You can also leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash kitcast. Or you can send us a tweet at kitcast for the show. Or you can send it to at ktdata or at night20 with a K. Yep. Uh, those are all K's. Whoa. Um, <laughs> there. Um, or on Google Plus, plus.kickcast.net. Um, and, of course, we have a live show. Thank you, all the peoples that are watching live. Winston and the Mr. Hawks out there watching live. Thank you for joining us. And any other lurkers that aren't in the chat room. There's a I, couple on there. Yeah. I know there's a couple out there. Thank you. And if you want to watch our live show, our next episode will be July 22nd, 2014. Done, and you can find that at live.kitcast.net. Um, and before we go, Drew, do you have anything else to plug? Uh, not much, other than you know, go go have fun and spend your money on on people's dreams. Yep. And one last thing, my birthday is coming up on the 18th. So if you want to get me a birthday present, the present <sighs> you should do is go tell somebody else about the Kitcast and make sure oh. they listen. Just go tell one other person, and that's good enough for me. That's oh, that's so sweet. And I shall do cheap that too. Happy birthday. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.